finally, 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 finally. I can't tell you how long I've waited to record this podcast episode. It's been it's been so long since the West Sun Soul Jr. hype train has died. Um, I, if you didn't know, West Sun Soul Jr. officially fired, no longer employed as head coach of the Wizards, still employed in some capacity by the Wizards. We'll talk about that later. But West Sun Soul Jr. is no longer manning the sidelines for for the Washington Wizards. After his ten and three start in I think the twenty twenty two twenty three or the 2021-22 season, a lot of people, myself included, thought he was the truth. We thought he was the saver. Um, we could not have been more wrong. This guy, I'll just, I'll let his resume speak for itself before I go in and give my personal thoughts on it. This is, this is just a bunch of bullet points that I've been able to compile uh, about West Sonso Jr. and his tenure through two and a half seasons here in D.C. as the head coach. An overall record for West Unsell Jr. of 77 and 130. I don't think I need to talk even more about that record. It's horrible, obviously. Uh, 77 and 130. That's back-to-back seasons of 35 wins. So 35 and 47 his first two years. Which is honestly even worse than the 7-36 and 36 start this year because we were trying to win at least in those seasons. He had good enough rosters. He failed to even make the play-in tournament with teams that had Bradley Beal and Chris Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, teams that had Bradley Beal, uh, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell. You had a bunch of solid guys. And factor in the young guys of Corey and Denny and, and all those guys on the bench. You had you had a bunch of guys that were good enough. And I'm not saying he should have... He should have been a top six seed. I'm not saying he should have gone anywhere with this team because Tommy Shepard didn't make it good enough. But like we've said all throughout, the team was good enough to be better, and he um, he underperformed his first two years. And then this season starts seven and thirty six. Look, they picked up his option at the beginning of the season. Fair. They wanted to make sure he wasn't just playing and coaching for his job and playing, you know, veterans that help win now instead of younger guys like Bilal on Danny and Corey. But seven and thirty-six is horrible. On pace for thirteen to fourteen wins in a season, you can't you can't retain your job after that. Um, he blew back-to-back twenty-point leads, resulting in a loss last year at a time that was really costly because the Wizards had won I think five or six straight. You had a home game against the Blazers. You were absolutely killing them. Blew the lead. Then you go on the road against Brooklyn. I think we don't have Brad in that game, and you are in it. You have it in the bag. And you blow another twenty point lead. Back to back nights. Theme of this theme of this tenure for Odell Jr. You have the largest blown lead in franchise history of thirty five. I think one point underneath the record of thirty six. It was that infamous Clippers game. Everyone was calling for his head after that. There's no way you can continue. He continued. Uh that was the that was the the biggest collapse I've seen from a team in in all my years watching the NBA. Because you factor in that the Clippers didn't even have Kawhi or PG, they they were they were playing their reserves and they were able to come back against all the Wizard stars. That was gross. Uh, I think he probably could have been fired after that, but it was a little too early in his tenure. He has the largest home loss in franchise history of forty two last season against the Nets at home. Where if you remember, Daniel Gafford slipped on the floor, got absolutely crossed up by KD. 
just not even not even close. His in-game adjustments were one of the worst I've seen. He he seemingly had great game plans, but after that, he he had nothing going for him. He didn't make the necessary changes when other coaches did, and that's what sunk the Wizards. Poor late game management, another thing. In terms of him playing certain guys at the end of the games instead of, you know, people that I think should be playing. A key example, when they needed a stop last year against the Thunder, they put sorry, not they, Wes Unsell Jr. put a six foot Monte Morris on I think six six. He is SGA, and Shea just rose up over him and hit the game winning three. It's just it's it's things like that that you question about him. Easy decisions that he he couldn't make. And that's what makes a good head coach, being able to think in game, make those adjustments, have a game plan, not be flustered. And and he couldn't do that. And that's, I think, what led to his demise. And I mean, another thing, I don't want to speak too much on this because I don't know whose fault it was, but the locker room, the locker room became pretty toxic in his first year. And that could be first year head coach issues, not having, you know, a pulse of what you need to do to keep the locker room. That's just another thing that's just cherry on top. At the end of the day, it had to be done. His resume here was absolutely terrible, and he was going nowhere. If anything, he was going to be the tank commander, as a lot of people call him. He was going to coach us through this year and maybe next year, and then once we started to flip the script and get some good guys, he would be gone anyway. There was no way he was seeing out anything past this contract. Um, and I'd like to mention... I've talked glowingly about Dawkins uh, and Winger for so long, and I'm going to keep doing it. This move is proactive. It is not reactive. They saw that Wes Unsell Jr. wasn't doing what he needed to do. He wasn't meeting his goals. The expectations, as low as they were, were even like even as low as you can be on the floor expectations, not even met those. So they realized, look, this guy is not going to be here. He's not doing a good job. Let's see what Brian Keefe has to do. We brought him in. He has extensive, extensive coaching um, experience. And we want to see what Brian Keefe can do. Um, a little background on, on Brian Keefe, who is now named the new interim head coach. He was an assistant at University of South Florida from 2000 to 2001. He then moved on to Bryant for four years as an assistant moved on as a video coordinator in San Antonio for a year, and then was in OKC for eight seasons. After that, he went to the Knicks, to the Lakers, to Brooklyn, all his assistant coaches. And then he came here in D.C. when uh, when uh, this offseason happened. So he has a history of, of not only being a coach, but from, from what I've read, a defensive-minded head coach. And I'm not going to get caught up in reports like that because I – I was tricked into thinking Wes Unso Jr. was a defensive-minded head coach, and he's got his defense out here ranked 29th in the league. So I'm not buying that until I see it, and I don't think you should either. But nonetheless, it's not Wes Unso Jr., so who cares who it is? Uh, I mean, a big a big key in what the Wizards said in their press release about Keefe and about this job is it's it's Keefe's job for the year. He's going to have that tag all season. It's not like a Joe Prunty situation in Milwaukee where he coaches one game and then they bring in Doc Rivers. They said they're going to have an extensive coaching search in the offseason, which is key, in the offseason. So they're they're going to wait until right after the season in April, May, June, 
conduct their coaching search. I'm sure they'll bring in another firm to do it like the commanders did. And they're going to get their guy. And hopefully they get their guy that's not a tank commander and then fired like Brett Brown, Steven Silas, Wes Unso Jr. You don't want that. You want a guy that's going to come in here and build that chemistry and camaraderie with the guys. And eventually when Bilal and, and Danny and Corey and even the later draft picks are hopefully, you know, really good, that same coach will be here. He'll be here from the start. He'll, you know, have already implemented the culture and his philosophies into the team. That's what you want. I don't want to rush into it. I don't want to do a Quinn Snyder midseason hire like the Hawks did. Same thing they did previously with Nate McMillan. I don't want that. Uh, I want to get the guy, and I want to take the time to get the guy. So, I again, I agree exactly with what Wenger and Dawkins are doing here and taking their time. But Brian Keefe, Brian Keefe is the guy. It was between him and Vanderpool. I think a lot of people, when we, when we hired Vanderpool in the offseason, thought he would be a good backup and safety net if Wes was really, really bad. Wes was really, really bad, and he got fired, but it wasn't him. It was the other Brooklyn assistant coach that we got from them last last offseason and Brian Keefe, and look, he's got a he's got twenty years of coaching experience. He's got the job. I don't I don't see if he really you know has an impact on the guys and and people really enjoy playing for him, especially the young guys that will be here. You know why not? I'm sure they'll definitely give him an interview at least, and and we'll see where it goes. So, you know, I'm all for Brian Keefe. Uh, not necessarily for Brian Keefe. I'm all for it not being Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, but at the end of the day. Brian Keefe is the guy, and, and I'm, I'm fully backing him. I think he's going to do a great job. There's there's not many expectations. It's not like you're following a good act. It's like – here's an example. It's like if you are – if you're giving a speech and the person in front of you, your speech is supposed to be for like 10 minutes, and the person in front of you speaks for two minutes and speaks about the completely wrong topic. It's supposed to be about trains, and they're speaking about dogs. That's Wes Unsell Jr., and imagine you're Brian Keefe sitting next. You're about to go. That's that's easy as fuck to follow. I could talk about, I could talk about cars instead of trains, and that's that's closer at least to the subject. Wes Unso Jr. was so far away from the answer that Brian Keefe honestly can do no wrong. I I don't. The expectations for Brian Keefe are so low because Wes Unso Jr. was so bad in his role. Uh, and speaking of that, Wes Unso Jr. Not not only is he fired, but he's not leaving the organization. As as Woj and Shams both reported, he's staying on with the Wizards as an in an advisory role, as you know, a, a member of the front office. I don't know if you consider that a promotion per se, because obviously the front office has more you know say in a lot of decisions than the head coach. But when you're a coach, the peak of of what you're trying to get at is head coach of the team. It's not a front office role. So I don't know if that's exactly a promotion, but he he's not he's not completely fired. He's moving to a different role. He's reassigned, in other words. I think that's bullshit. I think I think if Wes Unsell Jr.'s father wasn't the greatest bullet and wizard by far. I mean, Wes Unsell Sr. Before my time, but he was a baller. He was, I mean, first bout Hall of Famer, one of the best big men to ever play the game, one of the best passing big men to ever play the game. If if his dad, if Juan Sosa Jr.'s dad wasn't wasn't like that within this organization, there's no way he would be he would be kept in an advisory role. It feels like a soft way of slowly parting ways between the two sides. It feels like Wes, yeah, he'll be in the front office in that role for, for this year maybe, and it, maybe for next year, 
to coach out the contract, but then they'll mutually agree to part ways or who move on to a new organization. I just I I understand he has great basketball knowledge, but the dude went seventy seven and one hundred and thirty in two and a half seasons. He's a terrible head coach. He's not equipped for that. I don't know enough to to say that he doesn't know on you know the basketball and talent evaluation side. I I do know he was the head coach that was in the building when we took Johnny Davis tenth overall and passed on Jalen Williams and a bunch of other guys. Um, but I also know that to be a head coach in the NBA, you got to know ball. And I'm sure he has a good relationship with not only Ted, but with Winger and Dawkins. And and this is kind of their way of of thanking his dad for all that he did for the organization. I don't know. I don't want to say anything stupid um, or offend anybody. That's why I don't want to go too far into this. But I, I, I just I can't see if his last name wasn't unselled. I don't think he'd be in that advisory role. I think he'd be moving on. Um, but nonetheless, he's still in the organization. I'm sure he'll, he'll finish out his contract and we'll go on from there. Um, but look, this is a great day to be a Wizards fan because under Tommy Shepard, under Ernie Grunfeld, these, these issues would linger and they wouldn't be addressed until it was too late until that window was closed. But we have guys now that I trust in full to make these decisions. And they said, look, we're supposed to be bad. We're fully tanking. And even then, this isn't good enough. We're going to move on. And we're going to bring in another guy who we think is great on our staff. Let him coach out the season. And then we'll conduct our coaching search. Then we'll get our guy. And you you figured this might be the case when they first got hired because Wes Unso Jr. wasn't their hire. It was, I mean, it was Ted's hire, but it was also Tommy Shepard's hire. This isn't their – Wes Unser Jr. was not their guy. And they came in and they said, look, we're going to give Wes an opportunity to save his job. We'll fully back him. We'll even pick up his option. But we're going to we're gonna be real in terms of if he's not getting the job done, he's going to go. And that's what you saw here. I also saw a lot of people saying that they were unimpressed with Winger and Dawkins because they picked up Wes Unser Jr.'s option and now have to pay him an extra year to not be the coach. I got a couple of things to say to those people. Number one, that money doesn't affect salary cap. Uh, that money doesn't affect you. That's Ted Leontis paying out that money to Wes Unso Jr. to not coach his team. So that that's Ted's problem. That's not that's not anyone else's problem. I don't. I, I Wes Unso Jr. Great. I'm I'm happy that he gets to be paid to not coach my team. I'd rather that than him get paid to coach my team. And the reason that they picked up the option in the first place is to ensure that Wes wasn't coaching for his life in the final year of his deal, knowing that his roster wasn't good enough so that he would play guys like Landry Shamit over guys like Bilal because obviously Bilal is going to be better than Shamit, but right now Shamit's better. You didn't want that as a GM looking to develop talent, so you wanted to give Wes a, you know, a little bit of cushion. And I think that's what happened. We saw a lot of the young guys play a lot more minutes than I thought. Uh, but look, the, the fourth-year option is, is a ridiculous argument. Pay him. I don't care. Pay him $20 million. I, It's not my money. It's Ted's money. He's not coaching my team, so I don't care who's paying him as long as it's not me, as long as it doesn't affect my salary cap. Um, So that's that point. But look, Weston still Jr. underachieved. He he underachieved in every capacity. Apart from that 10-3 and three start, I, I there was no light at the end of the tunnel, the, especially under under his control and under his lead. Um, 
I didn't like a lot of the things he did outside of just, you know, purely basketball uh, X's and O's. I didn't like his his lack of fire and passion. He never got teased. He never stood up for his guys. He never he never got on the court. And look, he did a couple times, but compared to a lot of other coaches, he never he never did it. Um, he lacked that that fire that I really like from a head coach. You know, I feel it feels nice when when a player gets that gets hacked on the other end. Like when Denny gets gets all these non calls, it would be nice if Wes is at half court getting ejected for his player. I'm sure Denny would like that. Um, and th- this also goes into the challenges where Wes, I mean, being fired now, not only is Wes going to be making like a couple million dollars uh, to not coach, but he's got thousands and thousands of coaches' challenges that he's just stored and he never used. And now he can just hold on to them as souvenirs. So it's great. I'm happy for him. Um, he never used the challenge. It was always, it had to be perfect. It had to, this, this call is so bad that I'm, I'm going to challenge it. It was never, all right, you know, we think we can win this challenge, but you know, there's, there's a possibility we don't, I'm going to hold on to it. It was a perfect example in Toronto. Kuzma clearly had the ball go out on the other team, lobbying West to challenge it at half court lobbying West. He doesn't challenge it. They score on the other end. They go on a 20 to one run. Wizards lose the game. Same game, Jordan Poole gets called for an offensive foul, clearly pushed into the guy by the Raptors defender. No challenge, even though Poole and the entire Wizards team lobbies West to do it. And this isn't just one game. It's throughout the course of his tenure here. Those are two things that I didn't like, coupled with the lack of of, uh, in-game adjustments, coupled with the blown leads. All of these things just built up to the point where even though you're tanking, it's... There's you. There's still no answers that that make it okay for you to re- remain as head coach in this in this role, um, and that's that. His resume speaks for itself. There was too many issues to keep him on, and I'm happy Winger and Dawkins were proactive and not reactive in doing it. I'm excited for Brian for Brian Keefe and the opportunity he has. I mean, he's put in the time, 23 years as a coach, to get this opportunity, and I hope he excels in it. I think this is going to hopefully open up more minutes for for Bilal on a regular basis. Maybe Johnny Davis even plays. I don't know. He just got recalled from the G League today, so he, it's it's a possibility. Um, but I'll, I'll end with this. How funny would it be if Brian Keith came in here and started Bilal Koulibaly? How funny would that be if he just said, you know what, Wes Unso Jr., what the fuck were you doing? I couldn't really say this as an assistant because it was your your decision. Why are you not starting your 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 franchise cornerstone? Why is he behind all of these guys that are eventually going to be traded? They've done enough to generate interest in the trade market. They're not going to do anything over these next three or four games that's going to impress. If anything, all they can do is hurt themselves. Hurt themselves in the trade market. Start Bilal. It would be hilarious if Brian Keefe did that. It would also be hilarious if Brian Keefe had this unit playing good basketball, which I don't think is too far-fetched. Because the, the 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 quality of hoops that we watch this season is is abysmal, so I'm hoping not only are the games more fun, but just the overall atmosphere and environment around the team is better. Um, but that's gonna do it for for this episode, quick episode. Um, I will be doing a Twitter Spaces tonight at nine thirty, right after the Wizards game at home against the Jazz. So if you want to hear my thoughts again, um, I'm sure I'll do a rant similar to this. Then I'll open the floor like I always do. 
Um, if you have anything to say, all you got to do is request. I get through every single person that requests. Um, but yeah, 930 uh, on Twitter. I'll be doing a Twitter spaces. So make sure to look out for that. But look, this is a great day in Wizards basketball, Wizards history. Um, the problem is is gone. It's far from the only problem, but one of the most prevalent problems is gone. Uh, and and we kind of get to transition into into this new era even more, moving on from from a guy that was clearly inept at his job and not fit to be a head coach in this league. So credit to Winger and Dawkins for making the move, um, not waiting too long to do it. And you know it's it's exciting time it's time to be a Wizards fan. So again, look out for those spaces tonight. But appreciate you for listening, and go is.